2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: I want to get to what what Zach Jackson had to say on the morning show today in just one moment, but I think I've reached that. I think we've got to the point the fever ch- with the with the Browns' backup quarterback spot. How important it is, but some of the takes that I have seen, I mean, and it's not just it's not just like from the media about the importance of the backup spot. Like I'll get like. One to two messages a week from, like, a like a friend or, like, a family member that's like, hey, uh, should we make a run at this starting quarterback to be the backup? And I'm like, that's not going to happen. Hey, should the Browns trade up to take a young quarterback at the end of the first round if one of what are these guys falls? Guys, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. A backup quarterback spot is important. But it's not important for the way that everybody thinks it's important. Yes, it's important to have a good backup. The Browns have already showed you how badly, and I'm saying this with respect, because they got so much right here. They've already shown you how they can mess up, or how the wrong backup quarterback can can disrupt your season. But Zach Jackson was on with the Morning Boys, Ken and Anthony today, talking about uh, one familiar name the Browns could bring back at backup.
0: You know, I I think there's a chance that they are going to go get Jacoby Brissett and bring him back. They have to have a veteran backup quarterback. They have to.
1: So the DTR thing is over. They they lost confidence in him, or they don't think he's that good.
0: No, but uh, any fair, he's a great kid and he made strides. But any fair evaluation of where he is and where the Browns are would say that he can't be your number two quarterback. They learned that last year. He played, and he improved, and that's what you want. He was drafted with the thought that he could become the long-term backup and that he would cost nothing for his four years. So they're going to go into this with a quarterback budget, you know, and I don't know who's going to fit it. I don't know if they have that one guy, specifically the one I mentioned, at a certain number that they're going to get. I think the only way Flacco comes back is if they get past that number and then just things move down the road.
1: So the one area that I do disagree on the DTR thing is, just because it was so, like – evaluating DTR, a fifth round rookie who is adapting to the NFL and his ability when the first crack he got was four games into his rookie season, I I can't put a lot of stock into that. Even, even what he did against Pittsburgh into the Denver game. He played another game and a quarter. We agree that you can't go ahead and just, he can't be the only guy on the roster. He can't be the, the backup, but this idea that, the kid can't get better or in the three games that he played, we can't we didn't see growth and that he actually might be closer to being ready to be the backup. I do struggle with that a little bit. And I just think we get really close minded in football about how quickly a guy's good at football. And if they're not good right out of the we we jump to he's either a bust or he's not gonna be what you want him to be. And I just I think there are countless guys in this draft class. I think DTR has a chance to be what you drafted him to be. I think Cedric Tillman has a chance to develop. I think uh, Ika has a chance to develop. You've got plenty of guys. Elijah McGuire, I actually really like Elijah. Now, there's a difference between, yeah, let's give him a chance to develop and let's build the offseason around it. I will tell you, I don't get this fascination with Jacoby Brissett. I just don't. He's a really nice guy. Great guy. I think he is a serviceable backup. But just because you had success with him in... Kevin Stefanski's offense two years ago doesn't mean he fits what you're going to do going forward. And two years ago, the Browns, and, and this was, a, it's either a um, Kevin Stefanski problem or it's a uh, Andrew Barry problem or it's both. Or maybe Paul DePodesta swooped in from San Diego to go ahead and screw this decision up. But two years ago, I don't care how good Jacoby Brissett played. Uh, the Browns were a below 500 team when Deshaun Watson came back and, um, he walked into an offense that didn't suit him. And they did that because they had built the offense for 11 weeks around Jacoby Brissett. And they did that thinking they were only going to have to just, uh, start Jacoby for six games. And then the, the suspension got pushed to 11 games. Well, it got pushed to one thing, and then, you know, the point is it, it got negotiated down to 11 games. And two years ago, the Browns chose the a good quarterback but a bad fit for your offense which put Deshaun in an awful position coming off rust coming off uh everything that he had all the allegations all the stuff that would affect a normal human being when accused of all the disruption of his life being traded new town all that stuff and because of that they that offense with 6 games to go didn't fit him in any way shape or form and the excuse was well i mean it's a little tough to change the game with six games to go. Wouldn't have been tough if you had chosen a quarterback in a spread offense. Wouldn't have been tough if two years ago you had seriously invested in a quarterback that actually fit the profile of your starting quarterback. And so I get it, man. We love Jacoby Brissett. He really is a good dude. I think Jacoby Brissett, in a place with more of a pocket quarterback or more of the the, the system that Kevin Stefanski did run, I think Jacoby Brissett makes tremendous success for that. And make tremendous sense. Same with Joe Flacco. This isn't anti-Flacco, anti-Jacoby. It's anti bringing guys who don't have the similar skill set or who don't who will not succeed in a similar offense as Deshaun Watson. Because this time, if Deshaun starts eleven games and then Jacoby has to take over, uh, Jacoby has a little bit more scheme versatility than Joe Flacco at this point. This time, you reverse the roles. uh, Jacobi's going to look as bad as Deshaun did. Fit and system fit matters. And the ability to to succeed in a spread offense matters. But what I think at the heart of the excitement in Ken Carman's whoa about Jacoby Brissett coming back, which, you know, again, not to pick nits here because they they actually, Keith, edited it out. Keith, can you confirm? You edited out the bigger whoa. Yeah. Okay. It, it was, was uh, somewhat distracting. It was a little too much for me. I'm not criticizing. I love the woe. I think it works. It's very effective. This is not a backpack who probably shouldn't be back is not worth uh the original woe, which you heard, and then a secondary Lima and Ken woe together. All right. I'm not I'm not the woe police here. All right? I'm not woke. Eh? Okay, that wasn't great. We'll stick and move. But I'm just saying it was a little much. That being said, um, I don't think Jacoby Set makes any sense. I don't think Joe Flacco makes any sense. But we trust both of those guys more than we trust the Deshaun situation. And I think that's at the heart of this. And I think – I almost feel like for us, us the fans, I feel like Joe and Jacoby are like a whoopee. They're like, they're like a little blankie. It's a security blankie that because we don't trust Deshaun Watson to stay healthy or play well – in the back of our mind, we need the peace of mind of Joe Flacco or Jacoby Brissett, and I totally get it because Joe Flacco had a really nice final five games of the season. And let's not talk about the playoffs, but Joe Flacco in five games, guys, it was fun. What is it? Six percent touchdown percentage? That's huge. I don't think any quarterback since 1999 has had a uh, across 18 or across 17 games has had six percent touchdown percentage. He also had a 3% interception percentage, but we forget about that because that's okay. It's Interceptions are okay if you like the guy. But, like, yeah, that was cool. Okay, now repeat it. I don't think Joe Flacco's walking into a spread system and having the same success. And if they're going to use the backup quarterback as an excuse to not fully integrate a new offense that fits Deshaun, at some point, it's on you, dog. Like, at some point, you got to do the thing to win. And if you just keep saying, well, we're going to build a new offense or we're going to do this, prove it to me with your backup quarterback. Marcus Mariota, I have zero connection to Marcus Mariota. He's probably a better fit for you than um, Joe Flacco or Jacoby Brissett is. Why? Because you're going to run a similar – that's why Philadelphia moved on from Gardner Minshew a couple years ago and brought in Marcus Mariota. Because Marcus Mariota, skill set-wise, is closer to Jalen Hurts his comfort in an offense is closer to than what Gardner Minshew runs. Except when Gardner Minshew plays against the Cleveland Browns and all of a sudden looks like Crazy Legs Hirsch out there deciding to run around and, and actually look like an option quarterback at points. Still mystifying. I don't know what the hell was happening in that game. However, I mean, I think, I think so much of our want to have Joe Flacco and Jacoby back has everything to do with our mistrust of Deshaun. And I think we should be thinking about this differently. If the Browns actually do the thing they should have done three years ago, which is strip it down to its bare parts, rebuild the offense in in the name, image, and likeness of Deshaun Watson, if you're going to do that, then you need to have a backup that also fits um, the stripped-down name, image, and likeness of Deshaun Watson. Marcus Mariota is the obvious guy, but there are other guys who can run RPO Concepts. There are other guys who are going to be more comfortable in a spread-out offense. And that means those are the right guys moving forward. Because just because it worked in the Kevin Stefanski offense with scripted plays and working under under center and all that other stuff doesn't mean it's going to work going forward. And if it does, it probably means the Browns didn't do the thing they should do, which is, I don't know, build an offense around uh, Deshaun Watson like he had in Houston at which point that would be three years, and at which point I will turn from really appreciating Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry to screaming about them again, which I personally don't want. I have enough to scream about. 216-474-0092. When it comes to those names, uh, Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, and Joe was mentioned by Mary Kay Cabot of the Plain Deal along with Zedaria Smith talking about that they're going to head into free agency, but basically the Browns are opening to bring them back. This is not the emotional... I'm not speaking to the emotional connection. I also view Joe Flacco as a whoopee. I really like Joe Flacco. So I I couldn't be mad if Joe Flacco was back. But I'd also have to admit, I don't think he fits the offense that, that fits Deshaun. And if you're... And so either you're going to put him in an offense he doesn't fit, or you're going to put him or Jacoby Brissett into an offense that fits them that doesn't fit Deshaun, at which point mean Nick Wilson comes out again. This is the offseason. This is the this is your winter in the desert. This is your moment to finally become a man. And by becoming a man, I'm talking about it's finally time to to pull out all the brakes and throw it all out there on the field and give Deshaun every option and this offense every option. If you've got two quarterbacks that fit different systems, you're going to be, you're in one way or another, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot again. I, I think it'd be better to have DTR as the backup going forward than bringing in a guy that doesn't fit, a la bringing back Jacoby or Joe. It's funny. Uh, Keith, Keith, you're, you were right on the Twitter poll that we put out because you just put Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Who was the third name? Tristan and, Tristan and then Other. And then the Other name. as who is the second most beloved member of the Cavs uh, 2015, 2016 title team. I just I didn't put any options. I just let people respond to their own volition and everybody's saying JR. Like there's a few RJs, there's a few Channing Fries, there's a few, I think one or two Kyries, one or two Kevs, but like then you look over at your Twitter poll, and maybe it's because they're not thinking, they're not seeing like JR Smith. But is Kyrie still winning? But I should ask you that.
2: Uh, Kevin Love has a slight lead, forty-two point five percent. Kyrie is right there at forty-one point nine percent. So it's basically but a dead heat between the two.
1: Well, and basically eighty-four percent of how many votes? Uh, but about nine hundred. About nine hundred have said one of the two appropriate answers, and I realize "beloved" opens up a different kind of connotation. But we'll get back to that coming up in the six o'clock hour, and. There's been something that I heard on this station, and it's been a few weeks. And the person who uttered it is actually going to be on the show tomorrow and the from 5 o'clock on that I totally understand why the person is saying what they're saying. It's also recency bias. And it's a perfect day to have the conversation with Kyrie back in town. But I just tweeted this out. I made sure – Kayla, have you seen it yet? Okay. So I was driving around doing my errands um, trying to – to get ready mentally and physically for the show today doing my best not to take a nap after the kids got on the bus cuz I'm trying to break that bad habit and I'm 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 running around doing errands and there's a red car and I it was a Ford I can't remember what it was it was one of those little hatchback things it's one of those ones where you look at it you can't tell whether it's a small SUV or like a big sedan with a hatchback it was one of those it's not great it's not it's not it's not a car Nick Wilson would ever own not that that's a high standard um I did own a 1986 Toyota Camry with no brakes once and lived to tell the day. However, I I saw it. I didn't think anything of it. And then I looked on the back window of the hatchback. It says, finally divorced in all X with exclamations on it. And then you look over to the window on the driver's side in the, in the back seat. And it says, guess who's divorced? Question mark with arrows pointing to the front seat. And I've, I will admit I'm having a, a little bit of, of trouble di- dissecting this. I just want to start. We're, we're going to open it up to Kaylin Keith. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
3: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: This feels a little bit like doing too much for me. Granted, I've never been divorced. This feels a little too petty even for divorce. Am I wrong on this one? No, and I
2: actually tweeted you back that I, I once drove by a house this has been like a year or two ago that had block letters spelled out in the front yard. You know, how some people celebrate like a 40th birthday or 50th and they put like a surprise block letters out in the front yard. This person had block letters saying divorced. And I think it might've been AF afterwards, you know what that stands (laughs) for, but it was displayed right in the front yard for everybody that drove by. It's Uh like, you're celebrating it that much that you had to tell everybody that
1: drives by that you just got divorced. So listen, I think there are scenarios where, um, where I think this is appropriate. Right, what well, I can I can totally and I do not know understand the context or know the context of this person's marriage to where somebody would write finally divorced the finally feels like just recently divorced not very personal um hey I got divorced doesn't feel very personal finally divorced
2: by the way did you catch what it says in the very right corner of the back window
1: oh wait wait. wait Celebrated
2: wait. even more I said hell yeah <laughs> all
1: right was that the same writing Yes. And I can't even tell that. Well, oh, it's, it's
2: very small. Okay. I didn't, in the right corner.
1: I didn't know if somebody else said, man, you zoomed in on that. Keith is the assassin. Um, there's just something about saying finally divorced as like, man, I put this off for a long time because I was worried about it. But now that I am bleep that person. Um, here's okay. Can I tell you where the kernel of doubt comes from? Last week, I think it was last week. I don't know. Time is a flat circle. Last week, I shared the dilemma. About going on the vacation with the with the friend who I can't stand. uh So it's not my friend; it's Vanessa's friend. Wanted to go to a, a family vacation together, and I cannot stand this person. Uh, there are very few people I I can pretty much get along with anyone, but when I don't get along with you, it ain't happening. There have been two people I've worked with in radio who it just ain't happening. It never happened. It was never going to happen. They're on my no-fly list. Don't want to be in the same room with them. That's too Think of how many damn people I worked with in radio, by the way. Now, there might be more people who feel that way about me than I feel about them. But um, this is my no-fly list for, for for mutual friends. And the reason why I'm bringing her up is she recently got separated. And she did something very similar and so I might be transferring my dislike of that person on to this person, because it was like, yeah, your husband is a little bit lazy, yeah, yeah, but like he never cheated, he never abused her. They was just they just weren't compatible, and she acted like she just got out of Shawshank. She was on what was what was the where was what, she was like red at the end of uh, Shawshank. Where like she's walking up to Andy Dufresne on the beach and they're just smiling at each other, and I was like, okay, yeah, I mean you guys weren't compatible, but like, he wasn't that bad of a dude. I didn't like him either, but like, I just thought you guys fit together because I didn't like both of you. So like, some of this is absolutely like, oh man, I'm getting real judgy. My 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 Catholic roots are really gonna show up here.
3: I think it hits a line where it becomes tacky. This uh-huh. picture that you posted, I don't think is tacky.
1: Okay. Wait, wait, Explain that. How is, cause it's every damn, cause I, by the way, what you don't see is, cause I didn't take the other picture. If you go on the other side of the car, it's more, ha she's divorced.
3: If it's, it were it's, like it's, pictures of her husband out there with like X's over his eyes, like that would be too much. <laughs> but like what Keith said about somebody putting it in their yard and it's the, these huge things with all these signs and. Like that's that's kinda tacky because your neighbors you know, at least she's driving around and I mean I guess I her actually neighbor's-
1: think I think the specificity of being in your own neighborhood is really funny. <laughs> that cause then, then people are gonna be like, Oh, Doug? Oh wow, okay. Doug's out. They're gonna want the gossip. Yeah, well, no, but the point is, like, there's no running from it. You're letting <laughs> this is just a person like randomly driving around town and people are like, Whoo, you got out, girl. Like, at least with Doug, I know the context, right? At least with your neighborhood, you're like, yeah, he was a bit of an a-hole. He he didn't he never returned my leaf blower. You know what I mean? Like you have like, am I supposed to feel like because you know what it is? And in fairness, we do this with all of our friends. Even if you remain friends with both parties, in a divorce, someone does get more judgment than the other one. All right? In this case, I don't like that she's so over the top with it that I'm automatically assuming. She's the one that should be relieved to have the divorce. Like, it's almost like she's painting herself as like the, the, um, victim of the marriage. And I would like to know more about the other person. And I'm assuming it's a guy. I shouldn't assume that. I want to know what the other person was that we are finally divorced.
3: I think you're mostly butthurt that you can't get the context.
2: Yes. Why, Why are you, uh, by the way, assuming that maybe what if this was a guy that
1: is not a man's car? Why, how can you say that?
3: Because. The South Carolina pink tree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. That was another thing that was actually pointed out about this, that it had to be somebody from my old
3: stomping grounds. And, uh, yeah. Now, everybody that has gone to South Carolina has that sticker.
1: So it doesn't mean they're from there? Because no. I forgot because they put a it heart over there. It just means they there. went
3: there once.
1: Um, all right, let's get back to the the thing here. You're not wrong. I, and it's not – I don't care. I just, like, I kind of feel like if you are saying finally divorced, that other person better have been a real bastard. Or – I hope so. And, no, no, not going to go there. Not going to let that tiger out of the cage. 216-474-0092. You guys can check out, uh, at Nick Wilson Says, on, uh, on X. I've, I've put this out there of a person who, on their back driver window in their little stupid Ford – so, and then that's uh, that's not my judgment of them. They're, I just that's a dumb car. I hate that car. Um, I've had to drive in that car before once, and it was I was borrowing somebody's car. I did not like that. It wasn't this person though? But they put "finally divorced" in their back window on the uh, driver's side uh, back seat window. It said, "Guess who's divorced." There is a part of me that I want to make sure I'm siding with the right person.
3: A few years ago, we talked about. Um Someone had seen a car that said "Girls Trip" going out of town for a bachelorette party, and then they had their Venmo or their Cash App handle on there because mm-hmm. they expected people to like chip in and send them money. How do you feel about that?
1: No, no, I'm going to need to know more on it. Yeah, like when somebody's like, "Hey, I just graduated. Woo! Venmo me. All
3: right, here's five bucks. You want them to write their here's here's a
1: single cocktail at a dive bar." get your get your drink on they're graduating college of course not high school I'm not trying to get arrested here but but no like this is listen I like to make sure I'm on the right side of history and it is my personal experience that the people who celebrate the loudest about being divorced are often the people who don't own why they are divorced access powers yes Mm -hmm. and I again I don't want to throw all judgment because I think divorce is totally legitimate I do, but it is the people that have chirped the loudest and been like, I just dropped 200 pounds of dead weight that maybe didn't realize they were a little dead weighty too. There's a part of me that, again, if he's a skullduggery, if he's a son of a you-know-what, okay, celebrate, girl. Woo, girl.
3: And, hey, if it just didn't work out, there's a, it's a, it's maybe it's the Midwest roots. If it just didn't work out, I can't imagine her celebrating it. Okay,
2: wow. or the, they could also be a terrible person. By okay. the way, okay. another angle that we didn't even talk about in this picture. What's that? Did you notice where the car's at?
1: Uh, let me see here. No.
2: It's at a spa.
1: That makes sense. So they're
2: celebrating divorce even more by going to get a massage.
1: Yeah. That is, uh, by the way, the best divorce ever was Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie, who got $80 billion and immediately gave like like 50% of it away and admitted, she was like, yeah, I went to like a, like a vacation island somewhere and just chilled for a week. I'm like, that's how you do it. That, see, that, not loud. She gave it away to charity, peaced out, focused on the kids. That's where I'm about. There's just something about advertising it. It's a little not Midwest. Can I also say, if I saw this in South Carolina, or if I saw this in North Carolina, I'd be like, we're in the South. Things are different here. In, in Ohio, we just a little more humility, a little more humbleness. All right, check out that picture. At Nick Wilson says,
3: "We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four
1: iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch."
2: Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far.
1: It is gone.
0: Stream minor league affiliates.
1: The Midwest League home run leader.